Hi, I'm going to read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. If you haven't, if you haven't heard my other podcast episode, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, part 12, go and check it out right now. If you already watched the other podcast episode, let's continue on with the story. Judy had laughed himself silly at Harry, who spent a sleepless night imagining school the next day, where he was already laughed for at for his baggy clothes and sellotaped glasses. The next morning, however, he had got up to find his hair exactly as it had been before Aunt Pentunia had, had said it off. He had been given a week in his cupboard for this. Even though he had to try to explain, as he couldn't explain how it had grown back so quickly. Other time, Aunt Petunia had been trying to force him into a into a revolting a revolting. A jumper of Judy's brown with orange bubbles. The harder he, she tried to pull it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become, until finally it might have fitted a glove puppet. But certainly it wouldn't fit Harry. On Pentunia had decided it must have shrunk and there was an to his great relief Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he'd got into trouble terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens of the school kitchens. Doodley's hang down Julie's gang had been chasing him usual when, as much to Harry's surprise as anyone else's, there was he was sitting on the chimney. The Dudleys had ever had. Resives. Voice will be if I said this right. It's spelled R E R E C E I B E D. Voice will be if I said that right, okay? A very angry letter from. Oh, I know how to spell it. Do the Dursleys had received a very angry letter from Harry's headmistress, telling them how he had been climbing school buildings. But all he tried to do, as he shouted at Uncle Vernon through the locked door of his cupboard was jumped behind the big 
bins outside the kitchen doors. How we suppose that the wind must have caught him in mid-jump. But today nothing was going to what go wrong. It was even worth being with Doodley and Pierce to be spending the day somewhere that wasn't school. His cupboard or Miss Fig's cupboard smelling living room while he drove Uncle Vernon complained to Aunt Pentunia. He liked to complain about things, people at work, Harry, Harry, people at work, Harry, Harry, the bank, and Harry were just a few of his favourite subjects subjects. This morning was motorbikes. This morning it was motorbikes. Rolling along mansions. Always tell me if I said that right. It's spelled M-A-N-I-A-C-S-S. So, first of me if I said that right, okay? The young hood, hoodlums, he, sa- he said, as mo- as a motorbike overtook them. That would be about a motorbike, said Harry, remembering suddenly it was flying. Remembering suddenly it was flying. Uncle Vernon then crashed into the car front. He turned <coughs> he turned right around his seat and yelled at Harry. His face like a gigantic beetroot with a mustache. Motorbikes don't fly Doodly Pierce sniggled. I know they don't, said Harry. I it was only a dream. Okay, now I forgot where I was. It was only a dream. It was only a dream. But he wished he hadn't said anything if there was one thing the Dudleys hated even more than asking questions. It was talking about anything, acting in in a way accident. No matter if it was in a dream or even in a cartoon, it seemed to think he might get dangerous ideas. It was a very sunny day, sunny Saturday. Wait, (laughs) that's so funny because it's Saturday today, but it's not that really sunny because it's going to rain.
anyway, and the zoo was crowded with families. The dandies bought doodly and pierced large chocolate ice creams and the entrance at the entrance at the entrance and then because the smiling lady in the vat had asked Harry what he wanted before they could hurry him away, they brought him a cheap lemon ice lolly. It wasn't bad either. Harry thought licking it as they watched a gorilla scratching Ted and looking remarkably like Judy, except that wasn't blonde. Harry had the best morning he'd had in a long time. He was careful to walk a little way apart from the Dudley's so so that Judy and Pierce were starting to get bored with the animals at lunchtime. Wouldn't fall back on their favourite hobby of, of hitting him. They ate the zoo restaurant. They ate in the zoo restaurant. And when Doodly had a tantrum because he had a knickerbocker glory, he had a knickerbocker, he had a knickerbocker, knickerbocker glory. Try saying that three times rather. Knickerbocker bully. <laughs> You can't even say Nickabocker Bawley. Nickabocker Glory. Finally, I can say it. Wasn't big enough. Uncle Ron bought him another one. And Harry was allowed to finish the first. Harry felt afterwards he had should have known it was all too good to last. Oh. After lunch, they went to the reptile house. It was cool and dark in here. With lit windows all along the walls, behind the, behind the glass, all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithering over bits of wood and stone. Doodly and Pierce wanted to see a huge poisonous cobras and thick man crossing pythons. Doodly quickly found a large snake in the in the in the place. The largest snake in the place. Um. In the in the place. It could have wrapped its body twice around Uncle Vernon's car and crossed it into a dump dustbin. But at the moment, it didn't look in the mood. In fact, it was fast asleep. Poodley stood with its nose pressed against the glass, starting, starring the... Listen, the glistening. Would you feel me if I said that way? 
it's about G It's spelled G L I S T E N I N G. Freed will be fascinated. Okay, now I've just forgotten where I was. Identities. Brown coils. Make it make it move. He went at his father. Uncle Vernon tapped on the glass. That was snake to the badge. Do it again, he ordered. Uncle Vernon grabbed the glass smartly with his knuckles. That was snake just snoozed on. This is boring. Mound. He shuffled. He shuffled away. Harry moved in front of a tank and looked it intently at the stake. He couldn't have been surprised if he had died, or boredom, or boredom itself. No company. Except stupid people drumming their fingers on the glass frame to disturb all, to disturb it all day long. It was it was worse have than having a cupboard as a bedroom where the only visitor was Armpentunia Ham. Aunt Petunia hammering on the door to wake you up. At least he got to visit the west of the house. The snake suddenly opened its beardy eyes. Slowly, very slowly, it waved its head until its eyes were on level with Harry's. It winked. Harry stared. Then he looked quickly around to see if anyone was watching. They went. So we look back at the snake and wink too. The snake jerked its head towards Uncle Vernon and doodly raised its eyes to the ceiling. It gave Harry a look that said quite plainly, 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 I get that all the time. I know, Harry murmured through glass. Through he wasn't sure, though he wasn't sure the snake could hear him. It must be really annoying, the snake nodded vigorously. Vigorously, vigorously. Where do you come from anyway, Harry asked. A snake jabbed its tail at a little sign next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Bow, 
comes to a battle. Bocon Constra Brazil. Bo Bocon Stra Brazil Brazil. Was it nice to have a bow Conquesta Conquesta and Constra jabbed its tail? At the sign again, how you read on this space? Then this specimen, would well be if I said that way. <coughs> spelt, no, it was, it spelt S P. E C I M E N. Voice fail me. Was spread in Brazil. Oh, I see. So you've never been to Brazil. And the snake shook his head. Definite. Deafening. Sout behind. Harry, both of them jump. Do the leap, Mr. Dudley. Come and look at this snake. You won't believe what it's doing. I'm just going to stop there because it's a long book, okay? So, bye.